Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is episode 62. We're using brand new recording equipment, um, brand new po- podcasting host. So uh, we're testing this out. So hopefully the audio is great. Um, Bob, Justin, exciting. We've got fancy new graphics on, on the interface in, in, in front of us. So we're all very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> this is the highlight of the yeah, day. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I've got to say, the editing process for, for podcasts is fairly grueling so i'm gonna i'm hoping this one is going to uh, help me and save some time um yeah. anyway enough of the, what goes on at the sausage factory behind the scenes i think our listeners don't really care one way or the other how our podcast is made as long as it gets made as long as they can hear your sexy British yeah, accent. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, look, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the Ohio train crash. Trump goes to Ohio, um, giving, handing everybody out Trump water. Oh, uh, we also have so secession talk or succession, as I put on Twitter. Um, Bob, you can... You can uh, <laughs> you can you can insult me for this i made a big spelling that's okay hey you know what I, I did a closed captioning thing with a video on instagram and instagram chose succession oh my God, instead of yeah. secession so okay. yeah you're not you're not alone instagram's right there with you <laughs> uh we can talk about secession we can talk about module taylor green do we need to be worried about this what would secession look like i'm talking about bob's piece today that's kind of big topic of the week uh we also have the uh dominion lawsuit i went in depth on that this week week as well and um there's i mean a ton to look at and with, with this lawsuit it's absolutely crazy this looks uh, i would say actually fairly bad for fox news uh then we have our both sides segment and then we are going to go into the emergency meeting the emergency meeting is our members only podcast we're going to be talking about joe biden going to ukraine and republicans freaking the fuck out um Bad language, right? Just wanted to quickly talk about this. Bad language on the podcast. Uh, some, a couple of listeners have mentioned have, have mentioned that we use bad language on the podcast, and um, yes, we do. So this is a not safe for work podcast. Uh, we don't um, censor ourselves particularly. We try to keep it, you know, relatively civilized and and, and polite. But there, there, there is going to be some swearing. Uh, Justin, I'm gonna. Um, I'm point my finger at you mostly. Justin is responsible for 99% of the swearing. <laughs> I have no fucking idea what you're talking <laughs> no, about. I'm joking. No, we're all pretty bad. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Now you need to define what not safe for work means. Because I, I was putting that on my shows for the longest time. Mm. I was like, yeah, it's not safe for work. And, and then I got some questions. Well, what does that even mean? And I said, well, that's it means that you it would be dangerous for you to listen to the show at work because there's obscenities and, and your coworkers might be offended. That's what it means. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, well, that's what we mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. All right. If yeah. you don't put your headphones in, basically, if you're in a public place. So um, let's get going. Trump goes to Ohio. Okay. This was he. Trump visits East Palestine seeking to draw cron- contrast with Biden. This is in the New York Times this week. So 
it was evocative of the former president's time in office and, and at times meandering address punctuated by self-promotion, his brand name Trump Water and an undercurrent of grievance. But as he visited the small Ohio town of East Palestine on Wednesday, former President Donald J. Trump sought to hammer home a message just by showing up that his successor and the man he's seeking to replace, President Biden, had been ineffective in responding to a domestic crisis after a train derailed and spewed toxic chemicals early this month. Trump had arrived on the ground before either Mr. Biden or the Transportation Secretary to a train derailment. Many Republicans have turned into a referendum on the lack of federal concern with the needs of the red of a red state, or sorry, of red state America. Uh, okay, this is now all, makes me all sorts of angry. Sorry, Justin, you go ahead. You, you vent here. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Uh, it, Trump didn't show up to a single train derailment during his four years in office, and neither did Elaine Chao. Uh, this is something that the press doesn't really want to talk about, right? Because they're trying to make a big deal about how Biden hasn't shown up, and neither is Pete Buttigieg, because this is a big deal now. It's a big deal that they're not showing up. But they didn't really seem to care about it that much when Trump or Lane Chow didn't show up. So, you know, that there's that double standard. And Trump only showed up when Fox News turned this into a, oh, this is an attack on white America because it was in a white community. If this had been a black community, Fox News would have been like, who cares? We don't give a shit. And Trump would not be there. But it was a white community this time. That got nailed. So it's a big, huge deal for the right and the alt-left because they, they, they see this as an opportunity to attack Pete Buttigieg, who they despise, right? Because he beat, um, he beat Bernie in Iowa in 2020, and they're still really, really angry about that. So they've been just, like, lashing out at him left and right without talking about how the fact that Ohio is a red state with the red government – and they don't want to talk about that either. It's all the default of Democrats somehow. So, you know, that's the only reason Trump is there because there's the white angle now. And he wasn't going to show up before that until they made it about white people. Hmm. That's why he's there. That's the only reason he's there is because of that. So, you know, this is all bullshit and it's disgusting and it's really, really deeply cynical that the press is letting them do it. But he got the best ratings. <laughs> Donald Trump's, oh, I got the greatest ratings with this. <laughs> Even though no major yeah, network with, ever covered it, but okay. Yeah, with 13, yeah. with 13 year old water. Yeah. 13 year old bottled the, water. So God knows what's been le- what's leached into that from the plastic. The Trump yeah. water, right? The fact that he went there with his own, I mean, what a shameless, grifting asshole to do that right he goes with his own brand of water right because everything's a branding exercise for this guy yeah of course he didn't give it away either i'm pretty sure he had the republicans pay for it to give it away it's not like he just donated it yeah i'm pretty sure he made money off of it because that's the type of scumbag he is right well he would have used camp or he would or he would have used campaign donations to pay for it to pay himself for the water like everything's a scam with this guy you know it he just had leftover water that because his water, his whole water business thing went out of business years ago, a decade ago. So he just had leftover stock just sitting there. Why not get paid for it? Right, right. So it's grift upon grift upon grift. And I think it's an interesting point you make, Justin, about the, the identity politics angle <laughs> of this. Because, I mean, look, you know, I criticize identity politics on the left, uh, but I never, ever want it to be 
misunderstood that identity politics on the on the right is the entire purpose of the right it's identity politics they play white identity politics so yeah you're exactly right he's going there because there are white people there uh, and that's his base so yeah as you say he's he doesn't care one bit about um you know flint michigan or any other place where there are minorities who are affected by uh disasters or or lack of clean water or anything like that it's when there when there are when there's a state that he knows he has to win um in the upcoming presidential election he's going there and also look let's not forget right that trump is basically responsible for this but we talked about this last week mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's absolutely his yeah, fault like the the deregulation of um what was it there was specifically there was something about braking on, on it was the electronic brakes and yeah and just by way of a fact check on that just to be clear i i looked this up because i wanted to find out what kind of braking system this norfolk southern train actually had and it turned out that even if donald trump hadn't rescinded that rule about the braking systems uh that it wouldn't have covered norfolk southern uh, you know the particular train that uh, derailed in east palestine so while that train had the old style brakes the number of cars containing hazardous material didn't qualify for the or wouldn't have qualified for the regulation so that's a little bit of a um, mitigation of the, the blame going to Trump. However, the thing is with Donald Trump, the rescinding of that rule, Trump rescinding the uh, Barack Obama era rule about braking systems uh, actually made it far worse because the rule mandated braking systems for for carrying materials that were far more hazardous than vinyl chloride so there could be another derailment because of the trump rescinding of the rule um and and that derailment would have uh you know ethanol some form of crude oil that would be far more damaging to the environment than uh, spilling vinyl chloride and burning vinyl chloride so that's that's the deal with that. And it's not, you know, I, I, I want to be clear that while it, it's uh, it, it, there's blame to be had with Donald Trump and the deregulatory environment of the Republicans, that it didn't necessarily apply to this particular train. However, Norfolk Southern does spend a lot of time lobbying the federal government to make sure that regulations are as relaxed as possible. That's how they were able to walk through a gigantic loophole in this. So although it said here, according to PolitiFact, I just looked this up, uh, although the uh, Norfolk Southern train contained hazardous materials, including vinyl chloride, it did not meet the Department of Transportation's narrow definition of a high hazard flammable unit train. And then in, in that it didn't have at least 70 cars containing flammable materials, such as crude oil or ethanol. The chemicals it was carrying fall into a different classification, not included in this definition. And so the, the creation of that loophole was in large part due to companies like Norfolk Southern and the Republican Party making sure that there were giant carve-outs so that they could get away with this sort of thing. So, yeah, I would still put the blame squarely in the category of the Republican Party and their deregulatory regime. And, And there's one other thing I wanted to add about East Palestine itself. That is the Ohio 6th Congressional District. And in 2020, that district went for Donald Trump, 72 to 26. 
That district will never vote for Joe Biden next time around. It will never elect another Democrat, at least for the foreseeable future. That district is solidly red. <laughs> 72 to 26. Well, that that says you know, it all. You reap what you sow. Yeah, yeah. Get, well, that's why Donald Trump felt comfortable. you vote for? Yeah, well, that's why Donald Trump yeah. felt comfortable going there, because it's Trump country. True, but even then, even so, even if it was, even if, um, if even if it wasn't necessarily Trump country, if it even had just been a white area, he still would have gone because that's the narrative Fox is built for. Sure, that it's all it's all about white victimization, and that's his entire his entire campaign is going to be hardcore white victimization, even more so than last time. And last time was pretty fucking. Oh yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that the, the people of East Palestine are praising Donald Trump and praising Republicans, voting Republican, is really uh, underscoring the disconnect in our politics, at least when it comes to the Republican Party, that they're okay with a party that routinely deregulates these things, allows corporations to get away with murder, poisoning the environment, poisoning people. When the cancer clusters pop up in and around East Palestine, it's not going to be because Joe Biden went to Ukraine instead of going to East Palestine. It's because the Republican Party has routinely deregulated all of these, you know, the transportation of these hazardous materials and on down the line. And they're embracing no, 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 no. that party. I mean, you talk about that's, voting that's against not, your. not true. Yeah. Talk about voting against your best interests. The real the real reason is going to be drag queens, Bob. <laughs> drag queens we all know that's exactly that right i forgot about cancer. the drag queens yeah how could you overlook drag queens and the nefarious cancer causing <laughs> it was actually a drag queen that derailed the train i don't know if you're aware of that <laughs> see there you go i mean how do you not know about this? see big media won't tell you that. so i mean look i do think people here's i th- i do think that the uh biden administration was a bit slow off the mark on this to get um, to get to Ohio, knowing what the Republicans were doing to this, uh, how they were politicizing this. But Pete Buttigieg um, has, he's basically said, uh, he's, you know, he's responded to the, to the critics. Um, he's having a bit of a shit time, Pete Buttigieg. I feel kind of bad with the guy, right? He's dealing with a lot of the sort of the, the, uh, the effects of deregulation of of Republican deregulatory measures that have essentially destroyed American infrastructure. So he's yeah. dealing with the he's dealing with the with the mess of this as they always do, right? As the Democrats always have to do, they always have to deal with the deregulatory mess that Republicans leave for them. Um, so he's asked Trump, Buttigieg asked Trump to uh, reverse uh, his decision on on deregulating um, breaking regulation for for the um, for the train industry so i think that was smart of him to do that because because uh Butcher is taking a lot of flag and the, and the democrats are playing catch up on this like they i think they have struggled to control the message on this so i i'm hoping that they can get out in front of cameras as much as they can and lay as much blame on deregulation and republican politics as they possibly can because that's what's responsible right like i mean take like flying now is is a is a process that is so insane um you get given a price right for a flight and then uh the price doubles by the time you've actually clicked to purchase the ticket um the price has doubled because the all these airlines are not required to publish the actual price of the ticket they give you some bullshit internet price uh that then you know they say oh well if you want to sit next to your 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 
two-year-old child you have to pay like another 70 dollars and then you've got to pay on the way back you've got to pay another 70 dollars etc 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 right and this is because there is basically no regulation of the um aviation industry in terms of like price controls or or what airlines are required to tell their customers uh so that's just one aspect of it like god knows what's been happening in you know what was it trump wanted his personal um pilot to head the faa right so imagine if that had happened and what kind of nonsense would have gone on um oh what could possibly what could have gone possibly wrong, gone yeah. wrong right like the uh, american sort of a lot of industries are just shockingly badly regulated it's criminally under under regulated and consumers deal with you know a lot of the stuff is 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 price gouging uh but sometimes it it happens like this it's like a you know you get a a disaster like what happened in east palestine like this is exactly what you're going to get yeah look at the regulation i was just talking about with regard to the the obama era regulation Mm. if (laughs) If Norfolk Southern, if that train that derailed had 69 cars carrying vinyl chloride, mm. it, it, it still would have, uh, the, the regulation wouldn't have applied. It needs 70 cars containing flammable material in order to qualify for that electronic braking regulation. So that's the insanity of it. Right. And right, because 69 cars containing, containing, I don't know how many cars uh, this particular train had carrying vinyl chloride. It wasn't 70. It was fewer. And that's why it was able to get through that loophole and get away with not having a proper braking system. Plus, there was a mechanical failure in, in the mix there, too. This is all due to deregulation. This is all due to corporate lobbying of republicans to make sure that those regulations go through yeah look it's not to say that democrats don't do it listen there are democrats um who are also pro deregulation um but they're not as insane as the as the gop right yeah i mean maybe two right right, (laughs) mansion cinema perhaps i don't know (laughs) yeah and the flip side is when they try to do regulation Republicans scream that it's going to kill businesses, it's going to kill jobs, it's going to kill industry, blah, blah, blah. And then the press sells that as uh, both sides have valid points or the Republicans, they always sell it to Republican framing mm. or they just they just both sides it. And then the public goes, oh, well, I don't know. Is that bad for the economy? We don't know. And then when these things happen, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. The, and the press just goes, this is terrible when Democrats are in charge and oh, we don't understand how that happened. Well, of course you do. You know how it happened. Democrats said, we need to regulate this. Republicans said no. And the press said, oh, well, we don't know which side is true. And then you're pretending that this all happened in a vacuum. But you know what happened and you know why it happened. But you don't want to talk about it because then you have to talk about how Republicans actually literally directly caused this to happen and that is forbidden unless you can blame it on both sides or democrats it is not to be discussed and that's how we keep getting to where we are Mm. which is astonishing also be careful uh there have been some ai authored articles going around about this derailment that are deliberate disinformation Mm. so there are some things floating around that look legitimate but which aren't 
And so one of the things I've been kind of using as a rule for myself is if it's shared by someone who bought a Twitter blue blue check, (laughs) chances are it's probably disinformation. Now, I'm not saying that everyone does that who has a Twitter blue blue check, but that's the primary uh, uh, source for spreading these uh, AI articles it just it's a thing and we need to be aware of it and, and that's that's one of the i mean i don't want to get us sidetracked on ai but that's the thing that i can i get concerned about the most which is not knowing what's real and what's ai and uh here's a great example of it and and it doesn't help by the way that uh your favorite guy ben jordan peterson and uh elon musk we're talking about how disinformation is just bullshit. It's just when experts don't like your opinion, they call oh, God, it disinformation. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, oh yeah. So, the same thing with Green. Yeah, right on. Said the same thing. Exactly. Right on the doorstep of the 2024 election. So uh, you know what the, you know their whole their whole their whole point behind that is they're 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 opposed to have they're opposed to disinformation experts and misinformation experts for the same reason rapists are against uh, rape. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally the same thing. Oh, and I forgot one detail about the AI disinformation. In this case, coming from Russia. So not a shock there. Not a shock. Well, I personally am looking forward to reading articles from Robot Sesame. <laughs> it was a really excellent. It was an excellent article that I read. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh my god. Bob's sensitive about that, Justin. So we got to. <laughs> that was awful. I, I, was, I, I was listening to the podcast this week, and I was dying. I seriously oh, yeah. had a hard time shaking that man. It was rough. Sorry, Bob. I'm sorry. Also, <laughs> Justin, we didn't even. Poor Justin um, also had COVID last week. I didn't even mention that. And uh, I feel really bad because we should at least ask you, Justin, how you're doing. Yeah, but wait, my hurt feelings. What? Let's go back to my. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Excuse me. Justin's coughing for sympathy. No, no, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> no, seriously. I read I read Bob's Robot Bob's article and I died laughing because it just sounded like a cartoon version of Bob on Catholic. <laughs> it was just it was just so funny. It was just like, wow, it sounds just like a fake version of yeah, Bob. Yeah, and, and apparently an absolutely fake version of him. Apparently I speak in promotions. That's all I do. I just say <laughs> Coming up in a second, I'm I'm going to be j- talking about this. You better get ready. Here comes the snark, and there's no oh actual content in there. It's just like, <laughs> here it comes. Get ready. One, two, three, go. Oh no, yes, it's going to be great. Just you're the radio. You're the radio. Uh, the commercial radio station from Demolition. <laughs> it's going to be a smorgasbord the, version of yeah. you. <laughs> smorgasbord. Oh, my God, oh yeah. So bad. What was that smorgasbord? <laughs> Have you ever used the word smorgasbord, but did you find out? Uh, nope, never, ever, ever. I mean, maybe one, maybe once, just by accident. It's not a metaphor that I go to because it's, it's just. God, do I need, even need to say it? It's just a stupid, easy metaphor. Of course, no, no, I would never use it. And and you know who would have jumped out of a building if you had done this to him? Is <laughs> Chez? Chez yes. would have. As bad as I felt, Chez would have been like suicidal if you had. Jesus. Yeah, I, 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 I said. Yeah, I, I said it. I ran it through. I did run. I did run Chez's. Um, well, I Ooh. asked ChatGPT to do it. Like, I'm hoping that yeah. Chez. Um, you know, again, 
if if there is an afterlife and Chez uh, is there, <laughs> or if he's able to access this reality, or you know what I mean, um, I'm hoping that he he sees that I didn't publish it. Right, I did it for my own personal research purposes. I asked AI to write a version of uh, like do a Chez Pazienza article. Uh, wow. and did it? It was terrible. It was it was ter- it was dreadful. It was dreadful. It was I'm worse sure. than yours, Rob. <laughs> it was worse yeah. than yours so i just yeah it, it's not it will never ever see the light of day it's it's <laughs> in, my, in my history on chat gpt um but nobody will ever see this and uh, well you gotta at least send it to me privately okay now i gotta because it'll help me to feel better if it's About, if it's actually far worse than the ai version of me okay it's bad it's bad i'll send All it right. to you bob don't worry okay, okay. thank you <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let's um move, moving on. Moving on, we have uh, the the topic. The hot topic of the week is secession or succession, as I posted on Twitter. Bob um, wrote this great article. I then um, hashtagged it on Twitter with I, I've been watching the series Succession. Right, you know the one. Basically, yeah. it's about Murdoch. It's about Fox News. Right, um, we've got um, a, an HBO subscription, and we've been watching that. And this is my excuse, anyway. My excuse is that we, I've been watching Succession, uh, and I've had no sleep for about <laughs> a month. And I think I was on yes. three hours yesterday. Um, so anyway, Bob basically laughed at me on text messages. He's like, "I'm not fucking retweeting." I'm basically saying, "I'm not retweeting that shit because you're an idiot." <laughs> well, at least you didn't use schmasession, which was in my headline. I mean, that would have been even more awkward if it had just been hashtag schmasession. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, I, I felt pretty stupid. But um, anyway, here we are. So look, secession. This is a Marjorie Taylor Greene and now apparently Sean Hannity uh, yeah. are now on the secession bandwagon. Or it's a national divorce, right, as Marjorie Taylor Greene said what did she actually ask for she she basically said she's had enough um that the two we can't live together anymore so we need a national divorce okay then she took she went on to uh sean hannity's show isn't that what her husband said yeah exactly nice justin um (laughs) yeah it's hard to listen i wouldn't you know i've seen divorce up close to with with family uh that's not fun so I don't wish that on many people, but I wish nothing good for Marjorie Taylor Greene. So I couldn't care less about her, her whether she's happy or not. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I can't believe anybody ever would have agreed to marry her. What a you have to be insane, um, as insane as she is. Yeah. But um, she wants a national divorce. She wants she wants red and blue to divide. And uh, Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity, then t- took this very seriously, invited her on, and. Um, Sean Hannity put up a list of bullet points about how national divorce could result in a much smaller federal government, states fully in control of public education, they could continue using fossil fuels, and one-day elections with paper ballots, law enforcement supported and funded. Uh-huh. So, Bob, your hmm. piece this week, right, which was, you know, it kind of spelled out the, what are the ramifications for this? This this is pretty dangerous stuff, actually. Right. This yeah. is like it's not good news. Uh and you know, as much as 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 difficult as it is being in the same country uh um as Republicans or, or the MAGA Republicans who are absolutely insane. Um mm-hmm. the prospect of, of, of a sort of a, a, a splitting up of the union is 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 inconceivable. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, uh, leaving that as a given 
And obviously, I can go into great lengths as far as how ridiculous this idea is, the idea of secession, especially given the context of our history. Here's something that I got to say, and this is kind of a come to Jesus moment for uh, liberals. Remember when Colin Kaepernick dared to take a knee during the national anthem and the Republicans wouldn't shut the fuck up about it for years? Literally, the only thing Donald Trump talked about for months was how disrespectful it was that this football player took a knee because, uh, heaven forbid, someone suggests that there's racism out there and that, that black men are being killed in the streets by police. And this was um, a major, major talking point in Republican circles for a good long time. I get the sense that liberals, looking at the notion of secession being offered up by a member of Congress, are just like, Meh, okay, that was a two-day story, maybe a one-day story on social media. We've moved on. We can't move on. This is the most unpatriotic thing that can be spoken by a member of Congress. Break up the United States. That's what she's offering up. Sean Hannity agrees. There are other members of Congress who absolutely agree. Rand Paul has played with this concept once in a while. This is utter madness. This is, I can't think of another thing Maybe uh, some form of providing aid and comfort to an enemy army at a time of war could be perceived as more unpatriotic. This is way up there. I mean, the ramifications of something like this, the idea of normalizing this is uh, on the order of a thousand, a gazillion times worse than anything Colin Kaepernick could have ever conceived of doing as uh, as being against the United States or however the Republican Party is framing that. Uh, just a mere protest. This is actually saying, I, I am proposing the rejection of not only the United States, And that important word in the title of our country, united, I'm rejecting the Constitution. I'm rejecting the national anthem that Colin Kaepernick knelt down during. I'm rejecting the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation, indivisible. Isn't that those are words in the Pledge of Allegiance that the Republicans seem to think are so important? So here we are, here we are with this once again, knowing that if it actually happens, nothing good will come of it. I mean, far less good will come of it for the seceded states, but for democracy, for the idea that you can have a democracy over a large landmass with a large population, out the door. Large landmass, large population nations from this point forward will be run by dictators, because, well, democracy clearly doesn't work. You can't have national cohesion in a democracy because look at the United States. I mean, that was the big lesson of the Civil War. That's why Lincoln fought the Civil War so fiercely, because he knew the example that would set. He knew that it would forsake all of the sacrifice that was made during the Revolution and and subsequent uh, conflicts. Uh, this suggestion by Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, all you guys who fought and died during the American Civil War. Uh, yeah, too bad. We're seceding anyway. Bye. 
Horrible, 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 and even more horrible that we're not making a bigger deal of this. This should be on the tips of everyone's tongue. This should be the first thing you mention on Twitter and the last thing you mention every day on Twitter. Right, and and you know what, that is that's a good point that you bring up, Bob, about um, if there were to be a, d- a division of the union, right, and Republicans go in one way and Democrats go you know uh yeah wherever else it is on the coasts or whatever it is right what you're going to have because these people um the MAGA republicans are not capable of government right they're completely mm-hmm. um i mean they're basically fascists so what you would see can you imagine marjorie taylor green um in charge of a state or in charge of a new america or who they would have or like what happened if donald trump was to become president of this new america or whatever it is oh it would collapse within two yeah it it, it would it would be a dictatorship it would be yes it would be a dictatorship um and it would be like on our doorstep basically it would be an absolute catastrophe so it is incredibly dangerous for just pr- practical reasons, right? I mean, look, my my suggestion or one theory I was floating was like, okay, look, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, why don't you go to Russia? Um, that seems to be your sort of cup of tea, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a sort of ethno nationalist stroke fascist dictatorship. Um, if a lot of these Republicans love that kind of government so much, fuck off, go to Russia, right? <laughs> there, there are places there for you. Um, I'm sure, you know what I mean, Putin would welcome you with open arms, right? Uh, but as for the rest of us here, we we're trying to make the best of a, of a admittedly dysfunctional relationship. Um, I think, you know what I mean? Like, this is what America is. It's a giant democratic experiment, right? And it's, it's, it's the most, um, you know, it's the first kind of multiracial um, democracy in human history. Um so, it, I mean, it, it's a bold experiment. Uh, it seems to have withstood the test of time thus far. It's with, withstood a uh, an attempt by a dicta- by a wannabe dictator. You know, the, the founding fathers set up something, a system that actually is pretty good, right? I mean, it, this was the first real test of American democracy, I would say. The, like a real, real test, at least in, in, in a couple hundred years, um, was Donald Trump, right? That was the most serious challenge to whether America could survive as a democracy in, in, in centuries. And it, and it did manage to withstand that because the system of government, the, the separation of the, you know, the, or the, the three, the, you know, the, the branches of power, um, the balance of power rather, uh, managed to survive. And this is something to be very proud of. And these people are trying to dismantle that, right? And that's, incredibly dangerous and i don't think sometimes listen i get frustrated with with america and i understand how you know it's difficult to live in a country where uh you know maga republicans are at least 40 you know 35 to 40 percent of the population i get it right like gun massacres and um rolling back abortion rights etc etc this is all pretty scary stuff um but nevertheless i think americans should really always appreciate what they have and um, who died um for this you know the civil war was i think it's like that was like more casualties than like any other war in history or something um like an insane number of people died uh to create the united states and to preserve democracy here like respect it 
you know and if you're going to disrespect yeah. it be you know we need to call them out for it big time yeah yeah. yeah, respect the Constitution, respect democracy. I mean, that's it, it, that's what it comes down to. And if you're going around saying, "Hey, you know what? My state should leave all of that," mm. Jesus, I mean, what can you say about that that is harsh enough? I don't think there is a harsh enough criticism of that sort of thing. It's horrendous. No, 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 no. no. Um, but yeah, this is now now in serious circles i.e sean hannity this has been this is like at least in maga circles this is um now a talking point i don't know where this goes like how far does this how far do you think this goes well i i have a somewhat more cynical take i know shocking (laughs) um so i I don't think that i don't think they really want when they talk about a national divorce i don't think they're really talking about secession for for real what i think they're talking about is there it's another way it's another repackaging of the whole real americans versus non-real americans right so their whole thing is always red red america is the real america blue america is not the real america and the reason they do this is because they need their people to believe that they're the only real americans which means anything that they do in order to seize power is legitimate and anything that the left does in order to hold on to power you know like say win elections is illegitimate and it's just another way of delegitimizing anything and everything that they hate and despise which is democracy institutions uh you know the the three branches of government anything to delegitimize that so as long as they can if they keep pushing this whole oh we should we should split up we should split up you know the our you know our country our real america our red america that's the real america right we're the real patriots mm-hmm. blah 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 that means they can justify anything that they want to do anything and everything because that's always what it comes down to you have to be able to say the people i want you to hurt those are the villains. Those are the bad guys. They're not the real Americans. They're not real people. And as long as they can do that, they can get them to do any fucking thing they want to us. Mm-hmm. And it'll all be rationalized and it'll all be justified because they're the good guys and we're the villains. It's a war. The Civil War, you know, the, the South was the good guys. So anything they did to the North was acceptable. And that's the mentality they're trying to build on their side with all this civil war bullshit. If it's a civil war, well, terrible things happen in war. And you might be called on to do terrible things. Just be prepared for that. And and this one would never end. Everyone would be affected by it. We see what happens in uh, Ukraine. I, I just can't believe with that context, the awfulness, you know, maternity hospitals being bombed and destroyed. I just I can't believe this is something that we're even considering. And if you're a liberal and you're like you're going, hey, you know what, Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma, get the fuck out. We're happy to have you secede because I'm so frustrated. I can't construct an argument anymore to convince these people to embrace reason and the truth again. So I give up by that's as bad as saying, yes, these states should secede Uh, or Marjorie Taylor Greene saying it's as as bad as Marjorie Taylor Greene saying it's horrendous. And and what you were saying, Justin, think of the long term round. Yeah, they don't think of what comes next. Right. And, And that's the awful part of it. It's like we're saying this for reaction on social media, not understanding what the, what it actually means. And what it means is the worst possible things. Yeah. 
Yeah, Texas and Georgia and Florida, they won't stay on their side of the border. They just won't. Those, those states, if they were to become their own country, if you take the old Confederacy, lopped it off, made it its own country, it would be a failed state within three years, yeah. and it would be a fascist shithole. And what do fascist shitholes always do? They attack their more successful neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that would be uh, – because they ain't going to go to Mexico. They have no interest in Mexico. They would see the, the blue United States and its success because, you know, not for nothing – We've got most of the fucking industry. We've got most of the fucking corporations. We've got most of the money. We would be doing just fucking fine. And they would see that and they'd be like, yeah, that's intolerable. We have to fucking make that not happen. You can't accept. That's one of the reasons Russia is going after Ukraine in the first place. They cannot have a functioning democracy with such a similar demographic. I mean, you know, there's not a huge amount of difference between Ukrainians and Russians. There's a huge overlap between culture and language. You cannot have a functioning democracy uh, democracy with such a huge history overlap right on your border while you're running a failed fucking oligarch uh, fossil fuel state because... People are eventually going to look at it and say, well, how come they get to do that shit? How come they get to have freedom of press? How come they get to have fucking blue jeans and McDonald's and I have to sit here in the fucking dark and cold because my country's a fucking, uh, you know, Russian fe- uh, fascist shithole run by a lunatic? Mm-hmm. You can't you, – that's not, that's not something that can persist for long. So they had to do something about Ukraine, and that's all that ever came down to. Besides all the other bullshit they came up with, yep. the, the Republican United States would be exactly the same way. They would never leave us alone. Right, and I think genuinely uh, Americans do not really have a good grasp of their own history and just how deadly the Civil War was. Oh, my God. Well, yes. <laughs> you know? There's that. Yeah, there's that. I don't mean to interrupt, Ben, but I, I just wanted to add, too, that during the Civil War, there was a much different view of uh, how it should be uh, how it should be pursued. And one of the things that kind of saved us as a nation was Robert E. Lee, for all of his many, many faults, uh, said at the very end that uh, we have to end this. Otherwise, it's going to be guerrilla warfare without end. Mm. And he specifically called for none of that. He could have sent his army off into the hills and they could have engaged in guerrilla style attacks against the Union Army in perpetuity. Mm. And but do you think that we do you think that these people who are genuinely entertaining the idea of secession, who are already engaged in acts of political terrorism, including January 6th, do you think these people have the same kind of restraint as Robert E. Lee? No, this is exactly the kind of warfare that we'd be facing in a modern civil war, guerrilla style warfare, terrorist attacks that make the mass shootings that we've seen uh, pale in comparison. Mm. I, I can't. I, I. This is. It's not just because I'm. What was it like sort of a, an amateur? Was it, was it six hundred something like that? Right? It was like yeah, anywhere from six hundred thousand to a million soldiers died, and that's including both sides, of course. Yeah. And for, you throw in civilians, people who died of illness as well, uh, people who died in uh, prison camps like Andersonville. Uh, all of that combined is what we're talking about, and. If you were to take the same percentage of people based on our current population, we're talking about millions and millions and millions of dead Americans. Mm. And I think far more because it would never end. And and, uh, I'm not saying this because I'm an amateur Civil War historian. 
I'm saying this because it is a very serious existential threat that we need to take with that level of seriousness. And the fact that we're moving on, bad idea. Bad idea. You got to be screaming about what the Republicans are proposing doing, which is breaking up the United States at the very best. Uh, what Justin was saying, a two state solution negotiated between red states and blue states. That's just as bad because someone's going to have to separate from the United States and it's probably going to be the red state. The amazing thing about that is Marjorie Taylor Greene would be out of a job if Georgia seceded. <laughs> Georgia's not a red state. It's- well, it kind of is. It has a, a, a Republican governor, Republican legislature. It just happens to have voted for Joe Biden and a couple of uh, Democratic senators recently, but I don't think it's there yet. I just uh, if if Georgia secedes, how can you be the U.S. Congressperson from Georgia? You can't. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. That seat is gone. Right. And during the Civil War, all the seceded states vacated their uh, seats in Congress. That's just how it goes. You're on your own. Good luck. But no, you shouldn't leave in the first place because patriotism, union, federal subsidies, federal subsidies, (laughs) economies. Yeah. Federal. I mean, the fact that republicans are sub heavily subsidized red states are heavily subsidized by blue states right like i think it was some there's some insane statistic where it's like to, for every like seven seventy cents the texans pay into the into the federal government they get a dollar back or something like that right um i thought texas was like one of the only red states that wasn't a dependent and i think almost all the others are mm, I think Texas. I don't know. We'll have to check. We'll, we'll fact check this. If for anybody listening, please don't like. Yeah, uh, please, <laughs> look this up. But I'm, I'm fa- at least I'm fairly certain that most red states are subsidized by blue states. Um, you know, particularly because you know that's where most of the economy is on the coasts, right? Like, you know, that's just the way it is. So yeah, I can't imagine it would be a roaring success. They're not going to create a, 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 a you know, <laughs> you've got Donald Trump in front of the, in charge of the economy, uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, yeah, I, that project would not last very long at all. Um, well, look anyway. Yeah, yeah. By, by the way, Texas uh, only receives sixty percent of money that it actually pays in. So Texas is. Uh, not uh, a uh, taker state, so to speak, as opposed to something like Alabama, for example, uh, takes in a dollar twenty-five in federal funds for every dollar it pays in taxes. So has that's that changed over. T- has that changed over time? Because I'm. It does change. Yeah, generally speaking. I'm, I'm I mean, Alaska, for example. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm basing this on an article that Ches wrote about ten years ago. Okay, um, do you remember this one where he basically uh, he wrote an open letter, uh, an open letter to Texas? Do you remember that one? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, can I just read the first paragraph, right? Because okay. it made me laugh. Ches writes, "Dear Texas, so word has it you're talking about seceding from the United States." And I guess forming your own country. 
I wish I could react with shock, but the truth is we've heard this kind of thing before. We hear rumbles of it every time something happens politically on a national scale that rattles your ironically fragile sense of independence and sends you into a Texas-sized panic. It usually amounts to nothing more than petulant whining disguised as a lot of cock-grabbing bravado and bluster. But this time, you've managed to quickly amass enough signatures calling for secession in the wake of last week's Obama's victory, more than 80,000, that the White House has no choice but to respond to in your, quote, request. Let me save you the suspense and the delusion that this little tantrum is going to be the least bit effective. The answer is going to be no. And he says, he can, I'll read the next bit. He says, and that's a shame because I think I speak for a good portion of the United States when I say that, frankly, I'd be thrilled to see you go. I'm a full-on supporter of the independent Republic of Texastan. There's honestly nothing I'd enjoy more than watching your watching you split off from the rest of us and taking a shot at creating your own Jesus-blowing conservative libertarian utopia. I mean, with your legendary ingenuity, creativity, and all-round smarts, your experiment wouldn't possibly become a post-apocalyptic road warrior hellscape in a matter of weeks, right? <laughs> anyway, he goes on. <laughs> um so, but Chez uh, writes um, this was, and Chez was very, very, very fastidious about fact checking and making sure these numbers were correct. So he says Texas happily gobbled up a total of, well, that's a number so big I don't even know what that is. Two hundred and fifty nine billion dollars in federal money in just this past year. This was ten years ago, making it possibly the most hypocritical of the eight or so red states that bitch about the government shriek about makers versus takers but sit comfortably atop the list of areas drawing the most federal funds while not paying for it with comparable taxes. So that's... Yeah, that may have been changed. the case. I mean, that does change over time. That's, that's changed. Really okay. Yeah, yeah, especially with the price of gas because Texas is a petrol. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, my bad. I'm wrong on that. I'm basing this off of, of one of my favorite Chess articles uh, from 10 years ago. So, sorry. Um, yeah, Texas is ranked 28th on that list. So somewhere right in the middle... The biggest taker state is West Virginia right now, then New Mexico, Mississippi, Alabama, Alaska, Idaho, Louisiana, Maine, Wyoming, and Montana. Okay. So what? Uh, just uh, at a glance, two blue states <laughs> among the ten? Right. Yeah, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys, we're going to move on to our both sides. And uh, let's, Justin, who's your pick this week? Oh, I, I've got a true piece of shit this week. Um, this this was a this was so bad. Other Republicans actually r- uh, ripped into this guy, and that's something you don't see very often. Um, okay, so we have Representative da- David Eastman of Alaska. Um, so this is from Rolling Stone. Um, I took this. Uh, let's see. Uh, the party, at least in Alaska, seems to have drawn a line at touting the benefits of children dying from rampant abuse, with the state house voting 35 to 1 on Wednesday to censure Representative David Eastman for doing just that during a committee meeting, um, with Eastman casting the lone dissenting vote. Like he, It would be funny if he voted against himself, because even he has to recognize on some level that what he said was just that fucking awful. But this is what he actually said. Out loud, he said this. In the case where child abuse is fatal, obviously it's not good for the child, but it's actually a benefit to society because there aren't needs for government services and whatnot over the whole course of the child's life. Someone asked them to clarify that because they said, nah, that can't be what what, what the fuck he just said, right? So he clarified, 
taking dollars, he said, uh, it gets argued periodically that's actually a cost saving because that child is not going to need any of those government services they might otherwise be entitled to receive. That has to be the most monstrous fucking thing I've ever heard someone say out loud in my life. And I've talked to Nazis. Hmm. And that's impressive. So, I mean, I, I, he's, he's in the very most technical sense, in the most literal technical sense, it's true. It costs less money if the kid dies. It is the most immoral, sick fucking thing to actually say that and make it as an argument. Like, if you were making it as an argument, it's like, there's something wrong with our system where that's a, that's a thing that would be desired by a system that puts money over people. You can make that argument saying there's something wrong here. But that's not what he was doing. He was literally making that argument as a thing that was good and to be desired because it would save taxpayers money. And this is, he's an oath keeper. He's a fucking pro-Trump. That means he's a pro-life and I love the children, blah, blah. And he still said it out loud these people are fucking sick and monstrous and there's literally nothing like that on the left not even remotely yeah that one that's an extreme one that's extreme um Mm. that's pretty can you up that yeah well maybe not (laughs) this is gonna seem anticlimactic but it's marjorie taylor green again uh talking about how if you're a democrat and you move to a red state you shouldn't be allowed to vote for five years (laughs) because democracy right because of the free and open exchange of ideas uh no she said you can live there and you can work there well that's isn't that nice thank you but you don't get to bring your values. So, you know, leave your values of inclusion, equality, democracy, <laughs> rationality, reason, truth. Leave those at the border. Don't come in and don't certainly don't vote based on those values. That's there's your Republican view of democracy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, look, I've got a big surprise for you for my pick this week. It is... Can you take a guess? This is Marjorie Taylor Greene again. Um, wow. So, yeah, well, I, it, it, it saddens me that we have to spend so much time talking about this deranged lunatic. Uh, she is now in Congress, obviously, and uh, the major face of the Republican Party now. I mean, she is the Republican Party. Like, this is the uh, this is the albatross around the GOP's neck that the Democrats must ensure they wear forever. Um so this was this is okay. This is a media. I Tucker Carlson had controversial representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on his program on Thursday night, not to discuss her plans for a national divorce, but to lay into the idiots in Congress, quote, leading us into World War Three by supporting Ukraine. Greene sparked fury online as she described the conflict as this war against Russia in Ukraine, seemingly casting Russia as the victim and not the sole aggress- aggressor in the devastating conflict. Okay, look, this is, this would be like calling, um, I don't know, uh, what would it be like? What would it be like calling? It would be like calling, um, I can't even think of a historic parallel. It would be like saying the French invaded Germany uh, in World War Two, right? That, yeah. like, 
the the fr- the, the fr- or like po- Poland attacks Germany, right? Attack Nazi Germany. You c- this is insane. They 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 were the real they were the real victims. victims. The Actually, real the victims. Germans were the real victims, and they invaded uh, Poland because they were being attacked. It's completely well. Actually, that is kind of what the Nazis said. Um, so this is just just madness. This is absolute craziness. Russia attacks Ukraine. We all saw it on live television, right? We saw it on satellite. Yep. We saw it on live television. We watched as Vladimir Putin invaded a sovereign nation for no reason whatsoever. Ukraine was not part of NATO. Um, it, like it had been denied at entry into NATO uh, for fears of escalating any conflict. Russia did it anyway. This is absolute madness. Absolute madness that she's out there on television with Tucker Carlson characterizing this war, of, this Russian war of aggression as somehow um, an attack on Russia. And what she means is it, it's NATO's fault and it's, it's America's fault that this happened, which is crazy, just batshit crazy. But it's... This is a mainstream talking point in GOP circles now. This is mm-hmm. where the majority of Republicans are. So, and the old uh, left. yeah, and the alt left, right? Exactly, exactly. This is kind of. Oh wait, I'm sorry. It's really the same. Yes, thing yeah, yeah. It's kind of scary. I find this very, very, tr- very troubling. Um, that that this is now a mainstream talking point, right? Because you know, regardless of whether you think the US should be supporting the supporting the Ukrainians, I do. I think they should be. Um, you can't just. This is just a lie. This is you're promoting a deranged conspiratorial view of the world, which is just bears no resemblance to reality whatsoever, and not cool. So, I think they're really, really worried about Russia losing because Russia is still the the like the leader of the global white supremacy movement, and without Russia, they they have a very large problem. Yeah, it's a, yeah. That's the kind of like the glue that holds it all together. Mm. That's what I'm saying. If my, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think she'd be she'd have a great time in Russia. Uh, I'm all for her. I'm all for her uh, disappearing and going to Russia and setting up shop there. She could start her own little mini America in Russia if she wants. Um, so look, anyway, uh, that siren is the sound for the emergency meeting. <laughs> We're going into the emergency meeting. Yeah, emergency meeting, emergency meeting. Emergency. I've got to stop doing that because it's, it's, uh, I've listened to it back when I'm editing the podcast. It's, uh, I sound ridiculous when I'm saying it. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we're going into the emergency meeting, right? The emergency meeting this week is about Ukraine, right? So Joe Biden was in Ukraine and Republicans are freaking the fuck out about it, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're going to go in there. We're going to be talking about this and uh, why uh, Biden was correct to go. This is a, like... Um, a, a huge kind of dividing line now in, in, in the political system. I'm kind of worried about what happens if they're successful in derailing this because the consequences are going to be catastrophic. So we're going to head in there. We're going to chat about the uh, um, Republican freak out about Ukraine and Russia. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, you can listen to the emergency meeting. You can get 60% off a Bantam membership. Please sign up and join us there. You will not regret it. You'll get access to all of our premium articles, locked archive, member chats, and, of course, the emergency meeting podcast. See you then. All right. Adios.